This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast, everyone. I am your host and your biggest fan, Jeff Hancher, and I consider it a great privilege to be part of your leadership journey to excellence. Today, I'm going to be speaking about the phenomenon best known as leadership presence. If I were to ask you, which animal is the fastest in the jungle? You'd probably tell me it was the cheetah. If I were to ask you, what's the biggest animal in the jungle? You'd probably tell me it was the elephant. If I were to ask you, what was the tallest animal in the jungle? There's no doubt you would tell me it's the giraffe. Yet, if I were to ask you, who is the king of the jungle? Absolutely, you would tell me it was the lion. Why is that? Not the biggest, not the fastest, maybe not even the smartest, but no doubt the king of the jungle. I think there's a lot of contributing factors to making the lion the king of the jungle. However, if I were to sum it all up, I would tell you that it's presence. You ever watch some of these shows with lions? Man, they, they lay differently. They walk differently. They carry a swagger about them. When they're around, everybody else comes to attention. The other animals, they're, they're on alert. Uh, the, the other animals can kind of feel their presence coming. And that's just what it is. It's presence. We know when somebody has great leadership presence. But on the flip side... We also know when it's missing. We can, we can tell. We, we can kind of feel that person. I also think that everybody has a hard time defining what leadership presence is. Have you ever been around that person that just oozes presence? It's almost like you can feel them enter the room without even seeing them. Their presence is being felt. It's one thing to show up. It's another thing to arrive. Leaders with great presence arrive. You know, I get asked the question a lot about leadership presence. And I believe it's because it's a trait that the majority of leaders want, everybody wants, but it's very challenging to obtain. I feel like it's something that's more emulated than it's trained. It's better taught than it is caught. And it is, maybe phenomenon is a, a loose term, but I can tell you, it's come up my entire career. It came up whenever I was trying to acquire it. I could see it. I could see these leaders that had it. I could say in my mind, man, I wish I carried myself like them. But I couldn't even put my finger on it. I couldn't even define what it was. I just knew it was different. And I knew I wanted to be like that. And that's many of us listening to today's episode. I can promise you, I have sat through enough succession planning meetings to know that leadership presence is important. It comes up a lot when leaders are being talked about when they're not around. We're talking about presence. Maybe you've even been told in a performance review that it's something that you need to work on. And sometimes when you hear that from your superior, you know, hey, look, Jeff, you know, you're doing a great job, but man, you really got to work on your impact. You really got to work on your presence. But isn't it funny how most times when somebody tells you that, they don't, they don't tell you what that means. You may even ask, what does that mean? How do I go about that? 
And you're, you'll hear loose things like, I don't know, man, I just feel like you need a little more oomph. You need a little more uh, bedazzle in your step, a little more presence when you're out there. Well, you just kind of told me that. What my question was, how do I get that? Here we go again. People know when you don't have it. People know when you do have it. But not everybody can articulate, how do I get it? How do I get there? How do I obtain this, what we're calling impact or executive acumen or leadership presence? Many times when a leader is told that they need to have a stronger presence, they leave perplexed. They're on a mission to get the answers on how do I get this presence that I want, that I'm being told that I need. They start asking other people about it. They attempt to learn about it just to become even more frustrated because nobody can give them a straight answer. Here's the crazy thing. Everybody knows exactly what they're talking about. You know what it is. Today, my goal is to somewhat demystify what leadership presence is and how to obtain it. So let's start there. Let's begin by talking about what leadership presence is. I believe that leadership presence is made up of several key attributes. I think it's the ability to take command of a room, assume a leadership role amongst a wide range of audiences, to be able to share your thinking and opinion with great confidence that borders on arrogance. Presence is about striking the balance between talking and listening in such a way that your communication style is both persuasive and impactful. Man, that's a tall order, Jeff. Hey, I'm telling you, this is what it is. I think it's also an aspect of being a professional and carrying yourself with poise and grace that contributes to leadership presence. Think about these words, poise, grace. What do you think about? You, you probably have somebody in mind as I'm giving you what these attributes are. Quite a few leaders believe that it's about being the loudest and the most boastful in the room. And I can promise you that is not the case. You may even be in a culture that that's how it's defined. Leadership presence is, is defined about talking the most, being the loudest, being the most obnoxious, you know, creating the biggest scene, you might be in the wrong room. That's what I would tell you. That could be the definition where you are. But I can promise you the greatest leaders with the greatest presence aren't always the ones doing the talking. They are always the ones that have the greatest impact. Usually the leaders with the greatest presence, it's not so much how much they say, it's what they say. And I'm going to give you specific examples of this in a minute. Now, that person that's doing all the talking and being obnoxious, they might garner the most attention simply for being the most talkative. But at some point, this approach is going to become overbearing. And at worst, it's going to turn people off to what they have to say. They may have a big title and be obnoxious and being the most talkative, but I can promise you, although everybody's shaking their head and telling them how great they are with body language, everybody is leaving that room and talking about how obnoxious and arrogant and uh, that they don't want to be around them. Don't confuse being the most obnoxious and talkative with great presence. It is not that. This should be a sigh of relief for the introverted leaders that are listening. Leadership presence does not require you to be extroverted. 
You can be introverted and still carry great presence. Several well-known, highly successful professionals, they'll, they identify themselves as introverts, and nobody can argue their presence and, and how they project leadership acumen. Look no further than Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. These are two of the most introverted guys on the planet. Can they get up and speak? Absolutely. When they speak, do people listen? Yes. When they, when they walk into an auditorium, do people know that they're there, that they've arrived? Absolutely yes. It's often the person who shares their thinking with relative frequency by way that is very concise. It's crisp. It's very relatable. Those are the things that capture a room. I can assure you that presence does not come with title. Don't worry about title when we're talking about presence. Title will get you the platform, but it will never get you presence. It may get you the stage, but it will never guarantee you impact. However, adversely, I can tell you that if you carry strong presence and strong impact, regardless of your title, it will get you a bigger title. It will garner you more responsibility. It will afford you the ability to earn more income and all the things that come with impact. Have you ever been in a room listening to a high-ranking leader speak that doesn't have presence? You begin hoping that it's going to be over soon. You're checking your watch. Adversely, you could hear someone with impact and presence speak and you find yourself hanging on every single word that they say. You see people with presence are listened to while leaders without it are heard. There's a big difference between the two. Let me say it again. Leaders with presence are listened to, while leaders without presence are heard. Heard is a natural action of hearing noise. Listened to is consuming information and wanting more, digesting it, applying it to your own pursuit. That's what leaders with presence do. To create strong presence, you're going to need to acquire many soft skills. Presence is not a one-size-fits-all. Presence is not one of those areas that is a one-and-done, that if you just do this one thing, uh, you're well on your way to presence. It's going to be a host of soft skills that you will acquire and hone over time to create the impact that you're looking for. And it's for this reason that many people have a hard time defining presence and how to explain to someone how to obtain it. It's typically one of those areas that you just can't put your finger on. You know it when you see it, but I don't really know why I felt that way about that leader. I'm going to provide you with my thoughts on some key areas that you're going to have to focus on in your quest for greater presence. Now, this is not an exhaustive list by no means. This is some things that I think you can work on to get you going, to get you started. I, these are, this is also a list that I've created that I would say you will have a hard time getting great presence without these things. But make no mistake, this is not an, an inclusive list. There's other things. These are things that I've defined that have helped me the most and that I've observed with leaders with great presence. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is adapting to your audience's energy level. This is so important 
because there's there's so many leaders out there that do it the same way all the time, and they package that as their style. And they will be a bull in a china shop, no matter if they're in a room full of extroverts, a room full of introverts, uh, a loud, energetic room, a quiet, low-key room. Their style never changes. That will kill presence. For example, for a less engaged group, a leader needs to be able to rev up the energy, talk more than listen, and lead the conversation. Whereas a more engaged, energized group, it's going to require that leader to be more uh, observing and be the facilitator to drive that. And this will take great awareness on the leader's part. You have to know your surroundings. You have to know your audience. Many of us would call this situational type leadership. This is situational type awareness that will bring you presence. When, when this is done well, it gives you great impact because you're meeting the audience right where they are. However, when it's done poorly, it will leave your audience feeling like you're annoying. Maybe even they would define you as abrasive if you're not working with the crowd that you have. The second thing is you're going to need great self-confidence. And we talk about this subject so much of self-confidence in every area of leadership. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a leader that has great executive acumen or great leadership presence that is not uber-confident in themselves and what they have to say. Regardless of your personality style, I have observed that every great leader that could carry a room had truckloads of confidence. Self-confidence is a key trait that's involved in, in leadership presence at any level. But we all, everybody, has suffered through moments of self-doubt, especially early in your leadership tenure, most likely. To boost your confidence, there's some things that you're going to need to do. There's some things that you can naturally do as well, such as your physical posture. Make sure that you are standing up straight. I'm going to talk about body language specifically in a minute. But make sure that you're aware of how you look because how you carry yourself speaks to not only the people around you, but it speaks to you. You know, good posture, chest out, feeling confident, a position of confidence. I also want you to dig deep into your memory bank of all the times that you performed well. Remind yourself, there's a reason that you have a seat at this table. There's a reason that you're on this stage speaking. I think it's worth mentioning that confidence doesn't just happen. It requires great effort. Confidence is about having answers and, and that requires sacrifice to obtain knowledge. Here's the reality. If you're not bringing something to the table that is solving problems, provoking thought, innovative, and on down the list, what value are you really adding as somebody that's giving some level of leadership presence? Self-confidence requires great effort. It's knowing things that most people don't know and saying them when most people don't know when to. You have to invest in your self-confidence. I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I know that the room doesn't know that they need to know? I'm going to say that again. 
What do I know that the room doesn't know that they probably need to know? You should be asking yourself that going into an environment, and you should be asking yourself that numerous times while you're in the environment. If you're not asking this thought-provoking question, you're going to speak because that's what you were always told to do. Don't be there. Don't be quiet. Don't be an introvert. Engage in the meeting, and I would tell you that's good advice. But if you're talking just for the sake of talking and you're repeating something somebody else said and packaging it differently, you've become noise. That's all you are. What do I know that the room doesn't know that they need to know? Having this type of knowledge creates what I call healthy disruption. Disruption for disruption's sake is not productive. However, healthy disruption is very productive. Think of all the healthy disruption in somebody's life that could happen, that could make them better. Maybe it's a health scare. Well, you would think like a health scare, Jeff, that can't be a good thing. If it's a health scare that's not catastrophic, it could literally change the way that you eat, how you, how you go about fitness, how you go about a lifestyle of living healthy. That would be a healthy disruption. Remember, you aren't there to create more noise. You're there to create impact. You're there to create presence. You can do this by studying your subject matter beyond the norm. Everybody's coming to the meeting or the event or the venue with some level of knowledge and some level of preparation. What are you doing beyond the norm to be prepared more than everybody else in the room? Here's an example that could be applicable. If you're going into a big, big meeting to discuss one of your top clients that, that is in jeopardy of losing, they just said they're, they're going to quit, you feel like they're going to quit, whatever it might be, be prepared for that meeting more than anybody in the meeting, more than anybody in the room. It's safe to say that everybody in the room is going to be studying about the Jeopardy customer. People will know how that customer's performing, what their stock's trading at, they'll review their website, they're going to know who their key leaders are, all the, the you know leadership 101 stuff, business 101 stuff. That type of knowledge is good, but it's elementary. That type of knowledge is expected. You got to dig deeper. Don't just research the company. Research their industry. What threats does their industry have? What are their biggest opportunities? This will put you in a different position that the rest of the crowd will have and it will give your communication impact. When everybody's talking about their website, when everybody's talking about their stock, their financial health, or their financial demise, everybody's coming with that. What makes you so special? What are you going to say that carries impact? Here's the other thing that kind of information does. It gives you confidence. That's what this piece is about. It's about having confidence going into the meeting because I'm going to sit in a camp that says, if it doesn't come up, I'm bringing it up because this team needs to hear it. And then all of a sudden, you have people eager to hear what you have to say. Another way to build confidence and create impact is to use stories or quotes to drive home your point. Saying something is good but creating impact on what you said is great. When questions are posed, try not to simply answer with yes or no or very generic answers. Here's an example, 
and stay with me on this story, but it's one of my favorite stories. I had a peer once, and there was no question that we were in direct competition for the next promotion. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that we didn't like each other, but I will tell you it was the highest form of competition that you could muster up. During a meeting, my peer was given the platform to speak about what it takes to become the obvious choice, talking about being promoted and so forth. His entire speech was about him and all the great things that he had done. I did this, I did that, look how great I am. And in and, and his defense, this guy was a baller, highly accomplished. He had more trophies than I had. However, you could get the sense from the room that they were very turned off. I could sense their distaste for his delivery. And it was very clear by the body language that everyone had had enough of this tirade. But wait, it gets better. It got even worse. He becomes even more aggressive. Somebody gave him the memo that the more obnoxious you are, uh, the more presence you're going to have. After pausing at the end of one of his self-promoting segments where he referenced his his current ranking in his position, uh, which was ahead of me at the time, by the way, he looked over at me in front of the entire room and said, what do you think of that, Hancher? Oh my gosh. I don't think he was actually looking for a response from me, but he did it as a way to elevate him in front of the other leaders in the room. But make no mistake about it, folks, I wasted no time. I said, well, here's what I think. Margaret Thatcher once said that if you have to go around telling everyone that you're a lady, you're probably not. And I shut up. Boom. Impact. I could have easily said, hey, congratulations, good for you. I could have also said, I, th- I think you're arrogant and pompous. Both would have left a bad taste. I used a quote from someone else to make my point. Composed and confident. You can't rattle me. I got this stuff inside of me. I'm reading. I'm learning. I'm thinking about the moment. I'm ready to act in the moment. Take time to be well-read and an expert beyond what the average person possesses. I always tell folks, if you want things you've never had, you better be prepared to do things you've never done. Doing this will give you tremendous confidence and make you very eager to speak for impact and not just for the sake of speaking. The next thing, don't read into things. I coach so many leaders on this topic. It's a lack of confidence and they're always, they kind of have that sense that someone's out to get them. Leaders with presence maintain their composure at all times. It can be challenging, but stay calm. Staying calm is the key to improving presence. You've never seen a leader with great impact and tremendous presence get rattled in front of the group, get rattled in front of the crowd, or even in a one-on-one meeting. They could be dying inside. They never let it show. What made me think of this point was thinking about when I first began to get opportunities to speak in front of crowds. Man, if you, if you can remember back when you first started speaking publicly, or maybe you haven't and you don't do it often, it can be nerve-wracking. 
I would tend to allow myself to try to begin to diagnose bad body language as, as if it was directly related to what I was saying. Look, the bigger the crowds get, inevitably, you're going to have some bad body language out there. I look out to the crowd. I'm trying to make eye contact like I'm, I was taught. But I, I'd look at somebody and I would see a sigh, a grimace, a yawn, some type of body language that I felt was like a direct hit on me. When you're nervous or worried about speaking in front of a group, you will have to adopt a mindset that what's on their face is not about me. And here's some reality. Oftentimes it's true. Even if you're wrong, there is nothing that you can do in the moment about it anyway. So what? So what if somebody doesn't like what you're saying? So what if they're delivering body language that you know is disapproving of what you're saying? You have to get into a mindset, though, that whatever that body language is, it's not about me. It's about they, they, the lunch isn't sitting well with them. They got a text from their wife that they didn't like. It's not about you. Keep going and maintain your composure. Leaders with presence stay composed and never immediately draw a negative conclusion to what they're observing. Can you imagine any great leader that you've known with great presence when they observe body language or they're given information that they assume the worst automatically? Hey, there's a new competitor in town. Oh my gosh, we're doomed. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh my gosh, how are we ever going to get market share back? You never see leaders with great presence act that way. They see obstacles as opportunities. Get into that mindset. The next piece is to stay credible. Credibility revolves around body language and communication. However, I want to talk specifically about certain words that you can use to create greater impact instead of fluffy communication. Words like because will immediately increase your impact. Jeff, you're telling me that if I just start using the word because, that I'm going to be a leader with great presence. I'm not saying that alone. I told you at the beginning, you're going to have to acquire multitudes of soft skills. But yes, the word because will make you a leader with greater impact. That one word. There was a study done at, the, at Harvard University about the power of this one word. During the study, they had people cut into a line of strangers and asked to use the photocopier. Think about this. You have a line of people wanting to use the photocopier, and they had this random person cut in line and asked to use the photocopier. Here was the study. When they simply asked, may I use the machine, they were successful 60% of the time. When they used the word because, like this, may I use the machine because I'm rushed, they were successful 94% of the time. Who knew? Not everyone knows these types of strategies to gain influence, but guess what? You're not everybody. You're different. You're set apart. If you are serious about gaining leadership presence, it will be something that you will not only need to learn, but then put into practice until the point of mastery. You have to study these types of things, and you, you can't just consume. You have to start delivering, even if it's choppy, even if it's robotic. Start delivering what you consume. The next point I want to make is body language. 
Body language will often speak louder than any words that you're ever going to say. There's really two sets of body language signals when you're promoting great leadership presence. Confident body language and open body language. This will set the tone for impact and presence. As a matter of fact, as I'm giving you this material, I'm using body language like crazy because it's just become part of who I am. Confident body language. There's some key things that you can do to portray confidence. And here's the reality. Even if you lack self-confidence, you can be intentional doing these things. And not only does it display confidence to your surroundings, but it will you'll fool yourself into being more confident. The first thing is eye contact. Good eye contact shows others that you are interested and comfortable. You know, I'm not cowering. I'm comfortable. I have no problem looking you in the eye because you need to hear what I have to say. Look the other person in the eye. They say around 60% of the time. Any more than that and you're creepy. Any less than that and you're going to be defined as soft, introverted, unsure of yourself. The other thing with confident body language is lean in. When you're in a conversation, leaning forward indicates interest. It indicates attention. Now, if it's a one-on-one discussion, make sure not to invite, you know, invade the, the, the privacy of somebody's space. But you can even do this in a group setting or if you're giving a talk. You can lean in. The proverbial lean in when you're speaking in front of a group is stepping closer to the crowd and literally leaning in to make a point. Sometimes when you're leaning in, you can even put your index finger and your thumb together almost to say, okay, but you do them simultaneously and you lean in and you draw a big point. This is confidence. Lean in. We talked about this one before, but posture. Never slouch. Straighten your back. It exudes confidence and that you are in the moment. I want to take a tangent here and talk to my extremely tall, uh, lanky builds. I know some people like that in my life. They have the hardest time with posture. Make sure you're intentional about your posture. It will scream. People that slouch, they're hungover. Uh, in their chairs, whatever it might be. There's nothing that screams confidence about that. Be astute. The other thing is don't fidget. Fidget is an obvious sign of anxiety and nervousness. Even if that's not why you're fidgeting, it's how how people perceive fidgeting is that they're anxious. Nervous movements draw attention away from what you're saying, and it makes it hard for people to focus on your message. Lastly, watch your hands. Be very careful about touching your face and your neck. And I would say even more so your neck and specifically your forehead. Both are indications that you feel anxious, you're nervous, you're afraid. You know, think about it. When you are anxious, nervous, or afraid, and you put your your hand on the back of your neck and and kind of fold down, or you put your, your uh, forehead in, your, in the palm of your hand. Man, that's not a good sign that you want to deliver. So that's confident body language. Then there's open body language. In short, how I would explain open body language, make sure that your arms and legs aren't crossed, even more so your arms. Crossing your arms gives off the impression that you're closed off and you're not engaged. 
You want to get as big as you possibly can. Open arms. I'm not saying to do a uh, Dwight Schrute on the office episode where he's giving a speech and pounding and flailing his arms. That's obnoxious. But be intentional about not having your arms crossed and open up. Lastly, I would tell you this. Look the part. Look the part. And I will tell you this will be relative to the culture and the environment that you're in. For your industry, for your business, it might not mean that you're in a three-piece suit and shine shoes. It might mean something totally different. Maybe for your business, that is what it means. But here's what I know. Regardless of your environment, looking the right part matters. I spent time in corporate America in a culture that was no doubt about it buttoned up, and I loved it. It was a tremendous culture. And, you know, we didn't apologize for being a little overdressed. We didn't apologize, you know, for, for having nice suits and creases in our, the arms of our shirts. You know, we, we saw that as, as a, a little bit of swagger with our competition and in the marketplace. We were set apart. We were different. And we liked that about us. And, uh, you know, I would remember leaders coming in, you know, from out of town to speak or make a visit. And, uh, man, I would look at them and I'd be like, man, I got a tie on and they got a tie on and I got a suit on and they got a suit on and I got dress shoes on and they got dress shoes on. But, man, they look a lot better than me. Well, why was that? Man, I started to observe. I started to look at them. What's different about them? I didn't know anything about fashion. I went to a local uh, high-end place that, that was dedicated to men's fashion. And I walked in there and I said, look, I don't know what I don't know, but here's my end goal. And I'm willing to spend some money on this. Tell me what that looks like. Man, this guy started introducing me to, to uh, cufflinks and collar stays and what, what the difference of a, a high quality shoe was and a low quality shoe and how you could tell the difference and how they popped a little differently. He started talking to me about thread count in shirts. I'll never forget one time I had a leader that came up to me and said, hey, Jeff, someday I'm going to have to teach you the trick on how, you, how to make sure that your T-shirt doesn't throw, show through your uh, dress shirt. And I'm like, wow, I'd love to learn that trick. You know what? He never did tell me the trick. But when I went to that uh, fashion guy, he told me about thread count. Here I was all these years wearing these see-through dress shirts that you could see the white t-shirt. To me, a dress shirt's a dress shirt. It's not. It's, di there's, it's different. A fitted suit looks much different than one you buy off the rack. So I invested. And look, I was low budget. I didn't have a lot of money. But when it came to my presence and how I looked, man, I went all in. And I never wore those clothes unless I was going somewhere important or somebody important was coming to me. But when they did... I gave the appearance that this is how I roll. This is how I always look. So I don't know what that looks like in your environment, but what I can always assure you, never under budget your wardrobe. Never under budget how you look. You should be the sharpest person. Even if you're in a casual environment, it's irrelevant. You should still look crisp, clean, and giving off the image for the environment that it is. And it should make you stand out and give you presence. Look, 
There's many more key contributing factors that can lead to creating strong leadership presence. We could go on for days about the subject. However, by focusing on what we talked about today, it will get you well on your way to making big impact and separating yourself from average. So to recap some of the things we talked about. One, adapt to your audience's energy level. Two, work hard to get great self-confidence. Three, don't read into things and maintain, uh, you know, this feeling that uh, people don't like what you're saying. We talked about composure. You got to have composure no matter what feedback you're getting, verbal or nonverbal. Number four, stay credible with the power of your words. Be well read. Know what the power words are. Know when to use them. Number five. Body language matters. And lastly, number six, you got to look the part. You got to show up looking good. You got to show up ready to win. Your leadership presence, how you're perceived and accepted by others, it's founded on your attitude, your character, and how you act when no one is watching. It's about your positive energy, being there for and helping others. It's about being genuine and comfortable in your own skin. A leader, in its essence, is a signal sender. So think about the signals you want to send. Keep your composure. Remain calm. Let your team members sense that you have confidence in them and in yourself. Doing this will signal to the team the message that let's do our best and we'll win. That's leadership presence, folks. I hope today's episode challenged you to take a very intentional action to be a leader that carries great presence. I would challenge you to go view the show notes from this episode so that you can be sure that you're executing what we've talked about today. Show notes can be found at thechampionform.com forward slash show notes. If you have any feedback, questions you'd like me to discuss on a future show, I can be reached at jeffhancher at thechampionform.com. Also, be sure to like, rate, and review the podcast from whatever platform you stream. This really helps us promote the content and get it to more people. And until next time, make sure you remember, you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.